Chapter 34, Cooperatives, by Nadia Ioannisova, Ruben Surinjac-Badia, and Filippa Perry, from Masaryk University, Center for Research and Information on Consumption, and the Forum for the Future Scholar. The term cooperative or co-op refers to a type of organizational structure applicable to various types of enterprises in many sectors. Many cooperatives also see themselves as part of a worldwide movement which was born in Europe in the mid-19th century. The International Cooperative Alliance, ICA, a federation of cooperative networks representing one billion individuals, defines a cooperative as an autonomous association of persons united voluntarily to meet their common economic, social and cultural needs and aspirations through a jointly owned and democratically controlled enterprise. In 1995, the ICA accepted the following seven cooperative principles. Voluntary and open membership, democratic member control, the one member, one vote principle, members participate in cooperative governance and elected repre representatives are accountable to them. Members economic participation, Autonomy and independence, commitment to education about the ethos and practice of cooperation, cooperation among cooperatives, and concern for the sustainable development of their communities. Cooperatives operate in a number of sectors and consist of three main types producer or worker co ops that were first developed in France and Italy, consumer co ops first developed in the United Kingdom by the Rochdale pioneers, and credit co-ops or credit union, un, unions, first developed in Germany. Another important group are farmers buying and selling co-ops, especially successful in Scandinavia. Cooperatives have gone through a difficult history, co-opted by dictatorships, for example in Spain under Franco, or in Czechoslovakia under communism, promoted indiscriminately by many governments in the 1950s and 1960s, then reviled in Central and Eastern Europe and many global South countries under neoliberalism. Some modern co-ops that began with a strong ethos have since lost it and are predominantly motivated by profit. The reasons why so many successful cooperatives have lost their ethos and drifted close to the mainstream are varied. One cause is linked to economic pressures in a competitive environment. To survive economically, a cooperative may decide to reduce its staff, outsource production or limit local and fair trade ingredients in its products. Another root cause involves scale. Growing cooperatives may find they cannot access enough capital from their members under the strict cooperative rules. They men may then discard the co-op structure. In addition, as the turnover and membership of a co-op grows and its management gets more complex, members may cease to identify with it and become passive, while managers may assert ever more power. In some large British building societies, variants of this have led to a process of demutualization so-called garbage bagging, garbage, <laughs> garbage bagging, where members 
voted to transform themselves into shared companies. Within the Austra Austrian credit union movement, there have been allegations of federations, so-called umbrella groups, usurping the decision-making power of the member co-ops. Ways of making sure that cooperatives stick to their ethos are varied. An important factor is an emphasis on education about co-op principles and explicit policies to strengthen member participation in management. Another is building links between cooperatives to bypass the mainstream economy. This can involve ethical and community investment institutions, cooperatives that have what Richard Douthwaite called a community market, such as the, as the reader members of a cooperatively owned newspaper or the client members of community supported agriculture schemes do not have to depend on price as the only motivation for clients. Finally, opting for a strategy of replication, sm more smaller co-ops rather than growth, one large co-op, may help in retaining member empowerment and loyalty. Compared to the mainstream for-profit enterprise model based on external shareholder ownership, the cooperative enterprise model is more suited to degrowth economy due to the following. First, share ownership rules. Shares which members have invested in their cooperative are usually not transferable to others and can normally only be redeemed at their original value, the par value shares. This discourages a growth for growth sake approach since the value of a member's share does not increase with the growth of the co-op. As shares cannot be speculated with, it also makes for a more long-term and place-based membership, more likely to consider long-term community and environmental values. Governance structure. The democratic governance structure opens the decision-making arena to a wider spectrum of stakeholders. The cooperative structure at its best, collapses the distance between owners, shareholders, workers and consumers and operates within a mutual aid needs satisfying logic. Money as servant, not master. A cooperative is free from the requirements of fiduciary duty, the legal obligation to maximize return to shareholders. Again, this allows for objecti objectives such as the prioritization of the long-term existence of the organization, job protection and environmental concerns. Also, a cooperative prioritizing service to its members tends to satisfy real rather than spurious needs. As the third cooperative principle emphasizes that members who work for the cooperative or otherwise actively engage with it have the same right to a share in the profit as those who have in invested money rather than labor. Financial assets are more equitable distributed within the co-op. Few of the large mainstream co-ops and the federations have had any interaction with degrowth and environmental movements and debates. At the same time, the two emergent areas that offer examples of new cooperative structures intertwined with degrowth ideas and practices. First, 
the Solidarity Economy, or Social and Solidarity Economy Movement, which is relatively young, only a few decades old, and has been boosted by the anti-globalization movement, integrates different approaches to social change, linking social justice to environmental issues. The International Network for the Promotion of the Social and Solidarity Economy, so-called RIPESS, declared after the Rio Plus 20 summit held in June 2012, many economic and social initiatives exist on all continents. They cover many sectors and are the living proof of the concrete, vibrant possibility to build different development models, forms of organization and society where life, plurality, self-management, environmental and social justice define solidarity economy, an economy that is different from that of capital. The dominant structure of the organizations represented by RIPESS is that of a cooperative. An example would be Som Energia, a Catalan renewable energy cooperative whose members source renewable energy via the co-op and can also invest in new renewable energy projects. Second, there are many initiatives under what has been called Grassroots Innovations in Sustainability, GI. This concept describes a range of initiatives of community self-organization and has so far been applied to mainly Global North countries. Grassroots innovations develop production and consumption structures based upon the values of community empowerment and sustainability. They include local organic food networks and consumer groups, barter markets and time banks, local currencies community gardens, community housing, etc. GIs are often informal cooperative structures, which merge the values of environmentalism and social justice. In European countries, degrowth-related movements have identified GI as one of the main political means by which to achieve their goals. For example, De Crece Madrid in Spain or the transition town movements well, worldwide.